1: Well, it's a blessing, a blessing to be here in the house of Hashem, and uh, I am really excited about a word I've got to share with you today. This is something that I've never taught on before. I've never heard it taught on before, um, and and it's a passage that I've I've read past a, a couple thousand times surely and just never noticed. Uh, but it's just something that just grabbed me about it, and the Lord just uh, uh, spoke to me that uh, that this was going to be a message, and so. But in any case, we're going to start, though, in Jeremiah, Yermayahu chapter 20, please. Jeremiah chapter 20. If you have your good old old Jewish book here, the Holy Bible, it's a bestseller. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Still the bestseller. Still the bestseller. Baruch Hashem. Amen? (sighs) Boy. Seems like it's losing popularity, though. We uh, make sure it's popular with you. The prophet Jeremiah Jeremiah reveals what it means to be a representative of God. It's a pretty awesome and humbling thing and, and, uh, and, and potentially almost intimidating thing to be considered somebody who represents God and speaks on behalf of God and tells others about God. And uh, and some people are intimidated by it because of the, the awesome weight of it. Some people are intimidated by it because of how they are afraid other people react to it, right? Uh, and, and potential persecution they might receive because of it. There's lots of different reasons why one might be hesitant. But listen to what the prophet Jeremiah says and what, how he could be so bold, even when he was delivering sometimes challenging news to those around him. In the community, verse 9, it says this, but Jeremiah talking here, but if I say I won't mention him, talking about God, or speak any more in his name, then it is like a fire burning in my heart, shut up in my bones. I weary myself holding it in, but I cannot. Wow, boy, what a powerful word right there. Very, very interesting. The prophet Yermiyahu who says what, Jeremiah? Wow, even if I'm trying to hold it in, I can't hold it. I can't hold it. I got to talk about God. I got to speak messages from the Lord. It's like a fire in my bones. It's like a fire burning in my heart. I got to share about God and what God's telling me to share. I got to do it. Even though I might try to hold it in, I can't do it. I can't do it. Wow, you sense in Jeremiah, there's something a lot. Of, it's a boldness, right? It's a, it's a confidence. It's a, it's, it's a passion, right? That, that is just something that stirs so much. And, and you feel it's It's, just, it's almost like I, I, can't, I can't even do anything. I got I to gotta go tell people about God. I got to do it. It's, it's compulsion almost. It's inside. The spirit-driven. Uh, I'm going to move now and switch gears. There's some debate, but scholars generally feel, and this can be very confusing to people, and I want to explain this a little bit because I want to build a story that leads up to a passage that really, wow, spoke to me very strongly. There's some debate, so it's a little bit of a teaching. There's some debate, scholars generally feel that there are three main James in the New Covenant. You know, you read James in the New Covenant and, and but there are actually three different guys in the New Covenant, most prominently, who are, whose name is James, that we read about. James this, James that, James did this. There's three different people altogether, separate people. Uh, and of course, huh, it's adding to the complication. None of their names are actually James. Okay, <laughs> I, assume, I assume you know this. If you're a if you're a, a tender of a Messianic congregation, you probably know that James is a undeniable and uh, universally accepted mistranslation of the name. Uh, the name is, of course, Jacob. Okay, or Yaakov. Exactly, Yaakov is the Hebrew. Or if you were translating uh, translating Yaakov into English, it would be Jacob. Uh, and so every time in the New Covenant you read James, it's actually Jacob. So when you get to heaven, if you love James, you know, listen, don't don't ask for James he will say, Who, who's that? I don't know any James. Oh, Jacob, Yaakov. Ah, yes, you've reached the right person. Okay, so as if that's not complicated enough. So there are three primary James in the New Covenant, or Jacobs, if you will. And uh, they are, the three are, one is Jacob, or James, the brother of Yeshua. That's one James. And he, of course, he wrote the book of James, which of course is not James. He wrote the book. It's the book is not James. The book should be Yaakov or Jacob. Okay, you get my point here, right? Okay. So, but but the brother of Yeshua, James, half brother, is the one who wrote the book of James. Okay. Then there were two James or Jacobs that were disciples, part of the twelve disciples of Yeshua. Two of the twelve disciples' names were James or Jacob. One was Jacob, the son of Alphaeus, and the second one is Jacob the son of Zebedee, okay? Which is kind of cool. I don't know. It'd be kind of cool to be known as the son of Zebedee. It's got a ring to it, but there's something better. Now, not much is known about Jacob the Less, as he's known, (laughs) sadly. (laughs) Jacob the son of Alphaeus is known as as Jacob the Less. It's funny. You get to heaven, I'm Jacob the Less. But anyway... (laughs) Hey, listen, anybody who made the Bible, they're much more than us. So, okay, that's pretty good to me. But anyway, but but so not much is known about that disciple, Jacob, the son of Alphaeus, uh, known as Jacob the Less. But much is written about Jacob, the son of Zebedee, James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother, of course, which is John or Yochanan, not to be confused with. John the Baptist, which is a different John altogether, right? I, I'm just trying to mix it up a little bit here, and just there's going to be a test at the end. Okay, we'll do a quiz. It's the it's the Jacob, James, John, Yochanan test. Whew, boy, I can't believe I actually said that right. Matthew chapter four, please. Okay, so the, the, these brothers, and I want to talk, and I want to focus a lot on these brothers, the brothers Jacob and John, Jacob and John. Two of the twelve disciples. John is the one who you're familiar with his gospel, the Gospel of John. Okay, he wrote uh, uh, the book uh, of John. So John and Jacob. Okay, let's 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 really focus in on them in a very interesting way. Matthew chapter four. Let's hear about their calling, verse twenty one. There's a lesson to learn here, y'all. Oh, there's a lesson to learn. There's something to just absorb from these brothers in particular. Going on from there, he, being Yeshua, saw two other brothers, Jacob, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother. Okay, we talked about these two. They were in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets, and he, being Yeshua, called them. He calls them out, hey boys, Jacob. John immediately, verse 22 immediately they left the boat and their father and they followed him. They followed Yeshua immediately, right? Immediately, Godfrey, they moved, they moved, right? Immediately, they got out of that boat. Boom, I'm following Yeshua. Both of these brothers. <laughs> Left their dad in the boat. <laughs> dad was like, "Boys, where are you going?" And you can you can imagine the father in the boat. Hey, man, who's gonna help me with the nets? Getting the nets put up. You know, I know we had that in our house sometime. Who's gonna do the dishes? Kids, are you gonna do the dishes? The kids are off playing. The kids are they, yo, we're out with our friends. Uh, oh man, oh boy, we're stuck with the dishes. Okay, it's man. Well, Well, maybe that's what Zebedee felt like a little bit. Uh, You don't exactly know. But these two brothers, Jacob and John, were fishermen. That was their profession. We read uh, in another place in Scripture that they were friends of Peter who was also, of course, a fisherman, but, but they immediately felt the call and followed Yeshua. There's a, str- there's a certain strength that's seen by the immediacy of their response. As they respond to Yeshua so quickly, so unequivocally, so strongly, so imp- impassioned, Immediately they just left upon the call. Man, they just they took off right on the boat, left their dad in the boat. It says that already. I want you to start feeling a little bit and understanding these brothers. This is really important to understand in terms of the contextually here what's coming that we're going to be getting to. I want you to get a feel here for Jacob and John. Man, they immediately there's there's a certain passion that we are going to see reflected often in their lives, in their response. Let's take a look at, at, at some of the times where we see some of this and we see them with Yeshua. Let's skip to Matthew chapter 17. Matthew chapter 17. There's a pattern that we're going to see in this scripture that perhaps you haven't seen before that has to do with these two guys, Jacob and John, and often, often one other fella, Peter. Okay, And I want you to, to, to pick up on, on these two guys, these brothers, sometimes with Peter, sometimes not. Matthew chapter 17, verse 1. Okay, Yeshua is, is, is certainly fully in his ministry at this time, and it says this, verse 1. After six days, Yeshua takes, him, uh, takes with him Peter and Jacob and John, his brother. Okay, so it's these three guys, Jacob and John, the brothers, plus Peter and brings them up on a high mountain by themselves. Now he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the the sun and his clothes became white as the light. Of course, this is the transfiguration. I talked about the transfiguration some a couple of weeks ago. Very, very interesting story. It's, it's, it's one of these supernatural, uh, amazing moments uh, with Yeshua when he was here on this earth on the mountain there's, a, there's an amazing place in Israel known as the Mount of Transfiguration. I, I uh, Generally, because it's, it takes some t- difficulty to get up there, I generally take people there on my advance trip uh, to Israel to, to that mountain. But during the transfiguration right here, who was there? Who was there with Yeshua? Who did it say Yeshua took with him? We know he had the 12 disciples. We know he had the throngs that followed him of hundreds and thousands of people that that followed him and that sought after him, and and, and that were following him to be healed, and were following him for teaching, right? But it says specifically he brought with him, he intentionally, he asked, he wanted, he brought these three guys with him, who was there, Peter, Jacob, and John. Peter, Jacob, and John. Peter, Jacob, and John, you're gonna hear this, reflected multiple times in scripture. Peter and, the, and these fishermen brothers, Jacob and John. It's clear as you read, it's clear as you read the scripture that Yeshua had the twelve disciples, but there were three inner circle disciples. And these were the three. You had the twelve, but then there were the three. The three were these really, really inner, inner, inner circle disciples. Time after time, you'd see this in scripture. Peter, Jacob, John, Peter, Jacob, John. Mark chapter 5, please. Mark 5. This is an interesting story and something that would be, whew, boy, one of the most intense moments of Yeshua's earthly ministry. One of the synagogue leaders came to Yeshua to heal his daughter. You know the story. Who was close to death at the time. And Yeshua knew that the synagogue's leader, the synagogue leader's daughter, would in fact die. He knew that she was going to die. He knew this. And that he also knew that he would soon be resurrecting this little girl from the dead. Okay, now, just you gotta, you got to put this into context, and I want to show you something about these guys. It's just so interesting that we see as a recurring theme in Scripture, if you haven't noticed before, and it connects to something coming up. But, okay, so Yeshua is, is asked, can you please come and, and help heal and pray for my, my daughter? She's close to death. Yeshua knows Okay, she's gonna die, and I'm gonna have to, to, to resurrect her from the dead. He, he you know he knows this. And what happens? Mark chapter 5, verse 36. It says this ignoring, but ignoring what they said, Yeshua tells the synagogue leader, Do not be afraid, only believe. Ooh, powerful. But verse 37 is interesting. He being Yeshua, Yeshua did not let anyone follow him except Peter, Jacob, and John, the brother of Jacob. Okay, so here again we see that when Yeshua is about to take care of some serious business, it's clear that there were other people around. Could have been but the other disciples, there were throngs of people that had been following him at that time. But it says he did not let anyone else follow him. So he had to, knowing he was about to resurrect, I mean, you'd think that would be something you'd wanna like show everybody, but, but of course, Yeshua had his reasons for, for the timing of everything. But the point is, is that he sent everybody away. All the, the maybe thousands of people and even the other disciples. No, don't, you don't come in with me on this one. I just want three guys, Peter, Jacob, John. That's who I want with me. There's something very interesting that's brewing here, that's stirring, that I want you to kind of start to grasp. And of course, what do we know? We know what happened. Yeshua came, you know, a child arise, and she was resurrected from the dead. But the key here is that he wanted these three people. Mark chapter 14. Mark chapter 14. You know this story. When Yeshua was about to be betrayed and go to the execution stake, you got to know that when Yeshua was about to be betrayed and it was about to be executed, you know the whole story of Yeshua's execution. It was brutal. It was horrific. it was it was beyond the pale of what what, what Yeshua had to go through and and voluntarily went through on all of our behalf, to offer himself up as a sacrifice for us, right? It's just absolutely remarkable. But this was a trying time for Messiah Yeshua. Susan's been with me too, to Gethsemane, the place right before he was betrayed where he prayed. You remember that, Susan? Multiple times she's seen it. I mean, the, the, you got to know that this was like the most stressful, strenuous single moment of Yeshua's life up to that point. He knew it was about to all go down. And we pick up the story in Mark chapter 14, verse 32, and it says, Then they came to a place whose name is Gethsemane, and Yeshua says to his disciples, Sit here while I pray. Okay, he's with it. You know, we just had, at this point, the, the Passover Seder had just taken place, what's called the Last Supper, the Passover Seder, had just happened. So you know the disciples, or 11 of them at this point, one had already bailed, you know about Judas. But, but 11 of the disciples were, were all with him at this point. But then he goes to the Gethsemane and he tells the disciples, or at least most of them, sit here while I pray. But then verse 33 says, he takes with him, you guessed it, Peter, Jacob, and John. <laughs> he takes with him Peter, Jacob, and John. Have you seen this before? It's such an interesting pattern. And he begins to be deeply distressed and troubled. And he tells them, my soul is deeply grieved, even to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch. My brothers, stay here and keep watch. Wow. In Yeshua's most vulnerable and trying moment, who did he want with him? He wanted with, him, oh, listen, all the disciples were there. They were all important to him. All the people in the, in the world were important to him. But in his trying moment, who did he want with him? He wanted Peter, Jacob, and John. That's who he wanted with. And this speaks volumes about these guys. It's interesting because if you read the book of John, most frequently when, or oftentimes when John describes himself in the book, when he names himself, he doesn't say John oftentimes. He usually or oftentimes will refer to himself as the disciple that Yeshua loved. You can tell, man, there was a, there was a closeness between these four guys. There was a real tightness that was so unique between these guys, right? These guys were, these fellas, these brothers, man, they were passionate, they were zealous. How zealous were they? Man, you could tell they were zealous for the Lord, they were zealous for Yeshua. Sometimes they were a little too zealous. What am I talking about? Luke chapter nine. I'm trying, what I'm trying to do here today, y'all, is I'm trying to paint a picture for you on, on a canvas so that you can see, my niece is an incredible artist. She's like a savant-like artist. She's amazing. She, when she was about five or six, her art was way better than mine is now. <laughs> it's not an exaggeration. Okay, I'm trying to paint a picture for you so that you can see, especially about these brothers, Jacob and John, something interesting. Luke 9, verse 51. Feel the passion, feel the zeal. Fifty-one. When the days were approaching for him being Yeshua to be taken up, Yeshua was determined to go up to Jerusalem. He sent messengers before him, and they went and entered a Samaritan village to make arrangements. But they, meaning the Samaritan village, did not receive him, because he was focused on going up to Jerusalem. When his disciples Jacob and John saw this, the brothers, they said... Master, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them? (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, man. Then it says, verse 55, Yeshua turned and rebuked them. What what are you talking about, man? What's what's up with you? Come Come on, guys. Oh, it's so very interesting. Man, these brothers weren't messing around. They said... What, they won't accept you, Yeshua? Do you want us to call down fire from heaven and consume them? <laughs> she was like, calm down, dude, calm down. That's real, if you know the Greek, that's what's in there. It's real deep. <laughs> Man, these guys, these guys were not messing around. My father used to say, I quit school because of recess. I don't play. That's a great one. I love that one. Mitchell, love that one. Damien, I just love that one. <laughs> these brothers don't play, man. Are you kidding me? Whoa, boys, take it easy a little bit. But you could see their zeal. Do you hear it with these, with these brothers? I mean, do you feel it now? They were with Yeshua all the time, man. Their zeal was, was so strong and powerful, and they were so enthused about, about Yeshua. Oh, and you got to love that. And you you can tell why Yeshua wanted them so close to man that you could tell they were defenders of Yeshua too. And they were so for him. Now it's interesting because we read that Yeshua gave some of his disciples other names or nicknames even, which is kind of interesting. Also shows kind of a, a sweet intimacy, right? And most people know that Peter was the name that Yeshua gave to Simon. Of course, the name Simon, but Yeshua said, you will be Peter, right? Peter, or Kepha, means rock. He would be a rock for the early body of believers. I have a very special teaching that I do in Caesarea Philippi about this. It's just absolutely beautiful about Peter, uh, Simon, whom he called Peter. Yeshua gave him the name Peter. But to Jacob and John, the brothers, Yeshua gave to them an altogether different nickname that is only referenced one time in Scripture. And there are probably only maybe one or two of you in here that even know what it is. It's a very unusual one. Mark chapter 3. This is what we're going to focus on here for much of the remaining of our time. Mark chapter 3. This is so interesting. So it's these brothers that we've read so much about, that we've seen this special relationship with God, but man, this, this unbelievable passion, serious passion. Okay, Mark chapter 3, verse 16 says this. And he, being Yeshua, appointed the 12, okay, the 12 disciples. To Simon, he gave the name Peter. I talked about that. To Jacob and his brother John, The sons of Zebedee, he gave the name Boanerges, which is sons of thunder. (laughs) Wow. Now, I just have to stop for just a minute right now, and you got to let me nerd out for a second here, because I'm just thinking, Boanerges. Oh, I I can see it now. Who are those guys? Why, we are... (laughs) Boanerges, shing shing, sons of thunder. <laughs> this is why I didn't use the live stream, y'all, was because stuff like that, you know, that's on record now, sadly. Oh, come on, you know, it just sounds like something from a superhero movie, right? Who are those guys? Oh, they've, bowenergies. shing shing, sons of thunder. Mm, I just think that's totally cool. (laughs) Come on, that's totally cool, Damien. Oh, man, Sons of Thunder. Come on, that's just a cool nickname, right? That's awesome. Yeshua came up with that, man. Not Spielberg. That's Yeshua right there. I think that's totally cool. Well, I want to spend a few minutes examining the name Boanerges that Yeshua gave these brothers it's interesting because again, it's the only time we read about it in scriptures Boenergies. But Bo- Boenergies, what is that? It's either it's either originally Hebrew or Aramaic, transliterated into Greek, and then transliterated into English. And neither transliteration historians say is that good. Okay, so it didn't sound like Boenergies. That's not really what he was saying. Uh, Delich, of course, uh, you're familiar, pretty uh, amazing uh, scholar, translates it as bene R'agosh. Others prefer the closely related Bene R'agaz. Bene, of course, means sons, R'agaz. The Hebrew root here for this means to make noise or a commotion, if you will. I want you to think about it. this is what he's calling them, sons of this. Sons of ragaz, sons of, of, of noise, of commotion, to quiver, to be excited. Translated in the Tanakh, we, we see the same word, uh, translated as to quake, to, to move, to be agitated, or even to Rage. Doesn't this make sense based on the things that we've heard about, about these brothers? It totally makes sense why he calls them this. The implication here is that these disciples were particularly impassioned. They were very, very profoundly zealous. Man, I mean, you you, you think about it. The same exact Hebrew word, just to give you, it's so interesting if, if you study this, the exact same Hebrew word, that, that Yeshua is using here is the Hebrew word that in Psalm chapter four, uh, and it's also quoted in Ephesians chapter four, where God tells us to tremble but sin not. You've heard that expression, or be angry and sin not. That be angry, that trembling, that's what they're the sons of. This this strength, this emotion, this quivering, this 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 kind of power almost rage but yet but yet sin not this this is exactly what these boys had what these brothers had there's an intensity here that is very very powerful that is on these brothers the shing 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 sons of thunder the word thunder that we see here interestingly enough in the greek If you look at it, it's most commonly found in the Bible, in the book of, wait for it, Revelation, often as reflecting the power of the voice of God and how it makes people tremble. The writer of Revelation, that's right, one of the sons of thunder, John. Pretty interesting. Not oftentimes seen or talked about, if you will, but we see here a passion an intimacy that is so special to Yeshua that he gives them this special nickname. So y'all, and, 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 and now here's where it gets, wow, it was fun until a second ago. So I have a question for you today. I would like for you to think about it. If Yeshua, based on how you're handling your walk with God, gave you a nickname, what might it be? Ooh, I was really enjoying the message up till that point, Rabbi. (laughs) I understand. You know, that's a tough one, you know, because you see these guys and they're just so all out, man. They're so all out. We're, We're with you. And he's like. Brothers, I need you with me, man. I'm going to Gethsemane. I'm going to Transfiguration. I'm going to raise somebody from that. This is the guys I want with me. And they're like, hey, you want us start called fire down? Yeah, they need to accept you. I mean, they're so impassioned. And, and he calls them the sons of thunder. What would he call us? What would he call you? Too many people. It would be daughter of doubt, son of complacency, daughter of complaints, son of greed, what, what, what are the words that, that he could use? Now, he wouldn't use those words uh, for you. Why? Because he wants to cavil over you. That was last week's message, in case you missed it. But the point is, is that what kind of a nickname does your walk demonstrate? What, what nickname might your walk show that, that, that you could be given a nickname for that? It's interesting to think about it for a minute. Why, not, not in a condemning way, y'all, brothers and sisters, not, not for condemnation's sake or guilt's sake or to make you feel bad. No, 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 no. To encourage you to strengthen your walk, to to give you more of an aspirational goal of that which you should seek in your life. To have each day as you go along, be a little bit more like a son or daughter of thunder. Sing, sing, sing. <laughs> you see, Jacob and John were called sons of thunder because they were all in. And Yeshua wanted them, think about this. Yeshua wanted them closer to him than any other people on earth. Think about that. Think about all the times where Yeshua wanted the sons of thunder with him. They were passionate. They wouldn't let anything stop them from being with the Lord. Is this your attitude? Is this close to your attitude? Many, you know this all, you guys all know this. And, and, and those of you watching online or listening to it on podcast, many have been tamped down by this pandemic in their spiritual walk. Many have been tamped down and mollified. Will you remain in this watered down state? Friends, we shouldn't want to remain there. Listen, don't, don't, feel, don't feel like, oh, woe is me. No, no, no. Think about, okay, today moving forward. That's what we have. We have today moving forward. Will you purpose to serve God 110% like the sons of thunder? Will you be regularly in his word? Will you be regularly in your prayer closet? And yes, will you be regularly in the house of God? Nothing would stop Jacob and John, the sons of thunder. Nothing, nothing, nothing would stop them. Are you kidding me? And Yeshua loved them and their passion so much that he wanted to be around them more than anyone else. Don't you want to be around Yeshua? Yes. If you want to be around Yeshua, we should emulate some, the kinds of things that the people did who Yeshua wanted to be around more than anybody else. Doesn't that make some intuitive sense? And who did he want to be around? The Rock and the Sons of Thunder. Sounds like a WWE thing or something. The <laughs> Rock and the Sons of Thunder. <laughs> what in the world? <laughs> but this is the, this is the strength. This is the passion. John 19, and friends, this passion did not fade. This passion did not fade. When Yeshua was on the tree of sacrifice. Oh, this is just so interesting. And intense. When Yeshua was on the tree of sacrifice, scriptures indicate that one disciple was closely around him. When he was on that tree, that execution stake, there was one disciple that was closely around him. John 19 verse 26 says this, Yeshua saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved. Who is that? That's right, that's John. Yeshua saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby. He tells his mother, woman, behold your son. Then he tells the disciple, behold your mother. From that very hour, the disciple took her into his own home. <laughs> Man, y'all, John, the son of Zebedee, was all in. He, 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 he was there even when Yeshua, a lot of them had scattered he was, he was there at, at, at the tree of sacrifice when Yeshua was on that tree for all of us. And what did he say to that disciple? Take care of my mom. He loved his, Yeshua loved Miriam, his mom. Come on. He loved his mom. And what did he tell John? Please take care of my mom. Take care of my mom. It's like the ultimate, isn't it? And John, what did he do? Immediately, immediately, it says, from that very hour, it says, the disciple, John, took her into his own home. John, the son of Zebedee, was all in. He was indeed a son of thunder. And what about his brother, Acts chapter 12? What about his brother, James or Jacob? (laughs) Wow, man. So interesting and powerful. Years later, we read this. This was years later. Acts chapter 12, verse 1. <laughs> now at that time, Herod the king seized some from Messiah's community to do them harm. He had Jacob, John's brother, put to death with the sword. Yes, my friends, <laughs> Jacob was all in also. He was the first of the 12 disciples to be martyred. He had not faded in his zeal. He indeed was a son of thunder. Mm, Beloved, as you examine your life, make sure that the sum of your life is not merely breathing air and taking up space. It's your decision Purpose in your heart to be all in like these guys. Purpose to not serve God only when it's convenient or without risk. No, my friends, let there be a fire in your heart for God. Let there be a shaking in your bones for God, a zeal that is unquenchable and cannot be contained for in this there is purpose the title of my message is sons of thunder (laughs) let's bow our heads oh lord i want to ask for all of us ooh, myself included oh i want to ask for all of us lord please let our lives demonstrate god more attributes that would make us aptly be described as sons and daughters of thunder. Lord, I pray if, 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 this is, if this is part of your prayer, just silently in your own way, whether you're here, watching online or listening to the podcast, just take a moment and say, Lord, I want to be a son or I want to be a daughter of thunder. I want to be all in. I want to be with you. I want to do what needs to be done. I want to follow you. I want you to be with me because I love you and follow you so much. Oh, Lord, I pray that for all of us here in this. I pray that we are a congregation, Congregation Beth Benet Thunder. (laughs) We are the house of the, the children of thunder. Wow. Thank you for these brothers, God that we're so loyal to you and so impassioned for you and your work. Thank you, Lord, help us. I'm gonna take just a moment, your own way, silently to say, Lord, help me become more of a son or let me become more of a daughter of thunder. If you're here today and you've never said a prayer or watching to receive Yeshua into your heart you've never given your life to God but you'd like to wherever you are lift your hand and we'll pray if you've never turned your life over to God but you want to if that's you maybe you're watching repeat this prayer after me say dear God I humble myself before you I accept Yeshua into my heart I believe he's risen again, sitting at your right hand. Thank you, oh God, I'll live for you the rest of my days. If you said that prayer for the first time, please send us an email. We wanna celebrate with you and send you some materials. We're so excited for you, Lord. Because, you know, starting on that journey to be a son of th- or daughter of thunder starts with the first step. Mm. And wherever you are today, everybody who's here and watching, Wherever you are today, may it be so that tomorrow you're more of a son or daughter of thunder than you are today. And the next day, more of a son or daughter of thunder than you were the day before. Thank you, Lord, for this. Oh, it's so exciting. Wow. it just, uh, for me, Lord, it just feels like a, like a new season that we're embarking upon here at Beth Halel. I pray and thank you for each and every person who's here today. Bless you for it. God, B'Shem Yeshua, in the name of our Messiah, Yeshua, we pray, amen and amen.
0: Thank you for listening to this week's message from Rabbi Kevin. Please like, subscribe, and share this link with a friend. We would be grateful to receive your tax-deductible gift to further the good news of Messiah Yeshua. To make a contribution, please click on the PayPal link in the description. Also, to view our regular services, click the link in the description for our YouTube channel. If you would like more information about Yeshua the Messiah or how you can become part of our Beth family, please visit our website at www.bethhallel.org, that's B-E-T-H-H-A-L-L-E-L.org, or call. 770 641 3000. If you are in the Metro Atlanta area, please visit us for an Arab Shabbat service Friday nights at 8 o'clock or Shabbat services Saturday mornings at 11. God bless and shalom.